0: Check, 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 check. We recording KP. Man, we are recording, guys. Welcome to Project Mindset. I'm your host, Kevin Sturtevant, aka Coach Kevion. This is episode number 42. Our final equity in the seven equity series here at Project Mindset. This is the foundation of what we work with people on: mind, body, soul, family, friends, hustle. And this final equity, money. This was a really easy one to think about who I would like to have in this equity. This is an individual that has been inspiring me to really live abundantly in the largest way possible for the longest consistent amount of time. My mentor of two decades, Thatch Nguyen. I met Thatch in the late 90s when my mom actually worked at a real estate training company. And my mom actually sold Thatch a seminar that made a huge impact on his life that helped him uh, elevate from really just working hard to working smart. And I honestly didn't really pay that much attention to this dude. Uh, I just knew that he was somebody who made a lot of money in real estate. But when I met him, I was about 16 years old and uh, he would visit. Our family, when he would come down, and you know they would be going to these real estate seminars, and I just thought he was a funny Vietnamese dude who was balling out, but it, it wasn't really resonating with me at the time because I was just doing my thing. I was skateboarding, getting in all kinds of trouble, and then one day I find out when I was 17 years old that I was going to be a father, and I was scared out of my mind, and. He was the first person that popped into my head. And before I even telling my mom that she was gonna be a late 30s grandma, I asked her for Thatch's phone number. And I called this dude and I'm like, yo, Thatch. And he's like, What's up, Kev? I was like, dude, I'm in a, I'm in a situation. And long story short, he really encouraged me that everything was gonna be okay. And he told me that he would work with me week after week and, and teach me about how to create abundance. And he would teach me about the real estate game. And that's exactly what happened. Fast forward 20 years, I've not only watched him develop this huge abundance of wealth, but I've watched him do it in a way where the other equities of life, his family, his health, his mindset isn't robbed. Like we see so many other people who acquire large amounts of money and that's what it's all about. It's not about money at all. It's about having freedom, options, and choices. So I really think you guys are going to, to, to learn a lot from this. He's an extraordinary example of how to create real wealth for yourself and this really completes our seven equity series. I encourage you guys to go back and listen to the other equities. We've had the opportunity to interview some really legendary people. And I think you guys are going to truly enjoy this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. Share it. Make sure you check out the event that uh, my dude Drama's doing on the 18th of this month. There's going to be some really awesome speakers there. I'm going to be one of them. Very grateful to, for the opportunity to be speaking at that thing. And uh, make sure you go and check out the website projectmindset.co. We've got all kinds of cool downloads, things you could check out, ways to stay in touch with us. And of course, you can stay on top of everything we're doing at the Instagram at projectmindset47. Much love to everybody that's been just pushing, posting, really living a life of purpose and going after it day in and day out. Without further ado, I'd like you to meet the man, the myth, my mentor, Thatch <laughs>
1: Wait till I give my money right. Man, that's, as you
0: know, our original plan was to fly on up to Seattle and really give people a, a, a behind the scenes look yeah. at what your whole world looks like up there. As I've been so so blessed to be able to do literally for, for two decades, but we're able to make it happen and we gotta share this final insight in our seven equities series on money. You're the first person that came to mind. Dude, you've been in- inspiring and and man, pushing me to be smart with my money. If I could rewind time and listen to you a little bit more, damn, I would, but I, we're here now. We're That's here it. now. That's it. <laughs> so, let's do it, baby. Let's get started. Let's go. So, let's get Here here's the first part. Let's why don't we give people a rundown to to you know, like the quick synopsis of your story and how you yep. got to, to to where we're at. Can you give us like the the 60-second version?
1: Yep. I uh, came from Vietnam as a refugee, landed in the United States, homeless with my family, my mom and dad, and, uh, you know, my four brothers, I mean, my uh, six brothers and sisters, and um, started from zero and got into real estate in 1991. Uh, 1991, I was not doing very well. My first year, I was 21 years old. In 1994, I found a mentor and taught me how to go out there and start door knocking. I was door knocking 100 doors a day, five days a week for 10 years. Wow. Three years later, I was making a million bucks selling real estate. Three years later. Yep. Three years later, I made a million bucks uh, selling real estate. But then that's when uh, things shifted for me because- um I was out there making money. I was making a million bucks a year. And you know, you and I had this conversation usually, right? How
0: how old were you when you made your first million?
1: 27. Wow. And um and I remember my mentor Saw said to me, Look, that you know, uh selling real estate will make you a lot of money and you can be rich. You can have nice houses, nice cars, nice watts, nice vacation. You know, you can have everything you want. But the problem with being rich is always trading your time to go make money so you can Mm -hmm. have have all the nice stuff. Well, as I was 27, I didn't hear it as well. Okay. Luckily, my wife, Cammie, heard it louder than me. And so for it took me a little bit to really grasp on that you know, there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. And right. wealth is beyond rich. Wealth is beyond, you know, making a million bucks a year. Uh, wealth is when you really are trading your money back for time so you can do things you love, like working out, spend time with your family. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, doing the type of work that you like to do, not stuff that you have to do. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really understand younger what the difference between being rich and wealthy. And then right. today I really preach hard, man, when it comes down to about money, because money can look like either rich or wealth. And I tell people over and over, if you're gonna be if you're gonna work and trade your time for money, which is that everyone has to do at the beginning, but be smart and at some point start putting that money you make. Somewhere so that later on, 20 years from now, that money is going to actually work for you later so that you don't have to work. you got the option to work.
0: That's awesome, man. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And so you, you got into the game in in 91, right? That's right. How, how many years were you selling real estate and hustling and making money before you actually bought your first piece of property?
1: Uh, I got into real estate in 1991. And I bought my first rental in 1997. Okay. So, so from
0: 91 to 96, just to kind of give us an idea, right? right? How much money would you say you made in that time?
1: My first three years from 91 to 94, I was only selling three, four homes a year. Okay. Got it. 94 to 96, I was probably selling about maybe uh, 20, 30 homes a year. Right. But see, back then, house was inexpensive. Yeah. In '97, I bought my first house on Beacon Hill for 105,000, and you can actually buy it with five percent down. That's only five grand. But if you're selling, say,
0: 20, 30 homes a year, and that that ninety, that '94 is when you got your mentor, right? Yeah. How did you get your mentor, by the way?
1: So Saul uh, was a broker at a John Scott office. Okay. And uh, he recruited me to come work at his office. And he said, hey, man, come to work in my office because I like what you do. I like your hustle. But let me teach you how to be wealthy versus rich if you work at my office. And I spend time with you teaching you about building wealth versus building richness. Right.
0: And you, he had to get in your ear, though, for three years. Three
1: years. Man. Before I bought my first one. That's what I'm saying. I was young. Because here's yeah. the thing, careful. A lot of people out there listening that's young because, you know, there's a lot of them that followed me and you, Right. Right. So you got to be rich. I'm going to
0: hallucinate that for those three years from when you got your mentor and you started, you, you you know, you're only selling three or four homes a year. You get the mentor around 94. So I'm going to say from 94 to 96 yep. in those two years, you probably sold around 30 homes.
1: Total. Total, Total. 15 right? a year. Yep.
0: Yep. And in those 30, it, it, with those 30 homes, you know, maybe it was like a 10G commission each, something even, like that. that. Not
1: even that, bro. It was probably uh, my average price back then was only like 90,000. So, uh, wow. so 3% of 90,000 was only like three, four grand.
0: Wow. Ah, okay. Wow. So if each commission is maybe four grand, yeah. right? And you, you close 30 deals and that's 120, that 120 divided by two years, that's not enough. <laughs> That's not enough. But here's the That's thing, though.
1: But here's the thing. See, here's the thing. A lot of folks don't sacrifice. I was living at home still. Okay. And I was willing to actually still live at home right. and take the money I make and buy a rental. Yeah. So, and so you
0: you stayed home, right? When did you actually buy your first um, home for yourself? When did you actually move out?
1: 2000 and, um, 2005. Wow. So from
0: 90 so in what year did you make your first million?
1: Um in um dude, uh 90 97. 97.
0: Yeah. So you stayed home with your with your family yep. making over a million dollars a year. That's right. Buying a, a lot of real estate That's right. before you actually bought your your ball,
1: your first baller crib. That's sacrificing, Kev. That's crazy. That's sacrificing, but, man. But
0: by the time you moved out, right? By the time, <laughs> by the time you moved uh, out into your baller crib, how yep. many properties did you own?
1: Sixteen of them.
0: Sixteen cribs.
1: That's sacrifice, baby. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. sacrifice. People don't want to sacrifice today, man.
0: Right? No, we want to. We, we want to
1: floss. We want to floss and flex, man. <laughs> Shit, with the first dollars they make, they already spent it all. <laughs>
0: Oh man! See, you're lucky you to have Instagram back then. Oh shit! You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So, so we we get the whole picture, right? But yep. but, but let, let's go back even further. Yep. Before you even got into real estate, what were the what did the five years look like from like sixteen
1: to twenty one?
0: Oh, what were you up to man. then?
1: I was at uh, I was I graduated in 1988. Right. Okay. And you know, and this is what I tell people: I graduated from high school with two point eight five GPA. Okay, two point eight five GPA. Yeah. Right? That 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 qualified working at Safeway. That's about uh, it, right? Yeah. And so if I can do it, anybody can do it. Okay. Um. And then I went to college for three years, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I went to college just because that was part of you know the American dream, right? Right. And I followed my brother's footsteps on uh, going fixing aviation airplane. Okay. And I got my license. I got done in 1991, and I wasn't inspired, which I'm glad I didn't pursue it. Well, I wasn't inspired, and then my friend said to me, "Hey man, you should go do real estate. I think you'd be good at sales. You know what I mean? And you make a lot of money selling real estate." And for some reason, I was so stupid. I was like, "Oh, a lot of money? Okay, let's go." And that was yeah, it,
0: right? Because you you had the 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 hunger for nice things, That's right? right. I had I had our our, our mutual homie mario hawkins at my crib the other day yeah and he told me a funny story about how he worked at a grocery store yep you worked also at the grocery store yep. in the same in the same area same area, uh, same area. Yep. and he said one day he was going out and he saw this, this on the prelude on the prelude yep with some 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 momos. some momos, some some momos. That's it. <laughs> and you were out there and he told me he's like you like those gold momos? And yeah. I just, man, that's just a funny story. But if you're working at Safeway and you had the prelude all hooked up with the hooked cherry up. paint and momos. That's it. You were already like- Nice, you were, I want nice stuff. You were already on your early flex. That's it. Where did that come from? Because I imagine your parents had to sacrifice everything just to, just, just to keep the roof over your heads and just to get here. Where did that early flex
1: come from? Uh, you know, I grew up in Rainier Valley and there was a lot of folks around here selling dope. You know what I mean? Okay. And, uh, and I knew a lot of them in Seattle. Right. And right. so I, see a lot of my friend out there selling dope. They were driving Mercedes Benz with candy paint job, gold rims. You know what I mean? Yeah. Impala 62 on Dayton on hydraulics. Right. And that was my exposure in my early years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so the only g- good thing about that exposure is I get to see really nice, good stuff. Right. The only bad thing about it also exposed me from, you know, from all the way how they got their money, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. And, um, and, uh, and I have my own experience on, on, you know, the, being in the mix of all that and that right. got, got exposed and got me in trouble just being, uh, uh, being exposed to that world and, uh, right. an association, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would inspire me to go out there and to continue to dream big and have nice stuff, but actually doing it legally versus now I never so dope. I was just hanging around the wrong people and I got busted right. in for association. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, man. Thank God for, for the mentors, right? Like right. same, same here, as you know, you know, my, my pops was in that same game. And if it wasn't for the exposure, you know, what, what would you say to someone, to it, to a young kid who is being influenced by by, by hustlers and people in the game who are getting money the wrong way and, and, and maybe they can feel it in their core like, man, I know there's another way right. to get paper. Right. What would you say to somebody that is like trapped in somewhat of a system of exposure? How can you go out and get
1: exposure in a new way? First of all, thank God that you got exposure. Right, That's the first thing because you know, I got four brothers and a sister, right? They never got yeah. exposed to that world. So they really never seen the Mercedes bands on gold rims. You see what I mean? Yeah. And so if you're a young kid out there listening and you are in that world, hey, thank God, right? <clears throat> the applause, thank God that you are in that environment. You get to see all of yourself, get your mind, just, you know, inspired. just fire it up. And then you got to ask yourself how many people you knew or know in that world that actually went that far that didn't die or go to prison. Right. Right. And so yeah. you know, you and I always say this, right? You can learn from your own mistake, but you can also learn from other people's mistake. Right. Okay. And so you don't have to learn all the lessons from your own from your own mistake. You can learn from others. And the thing about it, you and I speak about this, Kevin, you can speak about this, is you need you need the contrast to actually see the clarity. And you and I talk about that a lot. Won't you explain what that means for you now?
0: Well, man, I think contrast creating the clarity is just knowing and having the uh, the understanding that that the the resistance that the frustration. Now I've learned that it's actually a good thing, right? Whereas when I would deal with resistance and frustrations and breakdown before, uh, I would just want to run from it, right? And I would use some uh, very very. Uh, ineffective methods of 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 fighting the resistance from yeah. drugs to just being ignorant and 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 not really wanting to explore the resistance. Whereas these days, I look at the resistance, I look at the frustration, and I actually truly thank God for the frustration and the breakdown and the the ugly mess right. because I know now that. Being through so many bad things in my life, I I, I know what it was all there for, right. and right. it was it was for a beautiful reason and a yeah. purpose, and it's what taught me things. Yeah. Of I always say that the lesson in the L is usually greater than the reward of the loss, for sure. And so it, I don't I don't want to lose now, no. but I, I trust that man, that God, this is here. And, and you know, here is the, the challenge: when you are in the middle of it, when you are in the storm, it's like, really, God right? Storm, I need clear skies. So man, I just, I want to always encourage people that whatever you're going through, I know it may not be what you want right now, but just trust, keep looking for for, for the lesson, keep looking for the breakthrough. And
1: I promise you, you'll find it. But here's the thing, you can't appreciate the clear sky unless you go through the storm. Absolutely. So when you go through storm and failure, there's not really failure, everyone. It's actually feedback. I tell Russell Hudson when you got to get struck out at at uh, the the battle box, it's yep. not failure. It's just feedback saying that you need to adjust a little here, adjust a little there, and then keep adjusting. So it's so actually good. good to actually have breakdown because that's how you know you don't want that. So you can see the opposite of what you rather want. So applaud and embrace breakdown and the storm, because when the clear sky is here, you're going to ride the wave even better.
0: It's how we learn, baby. It's how we learn. Yep. It's just like skateboarding. That's it. You know, it's what it is. skateboarding was my best teacher, right. because in skateboarding, you might be trying something literally for two hours. Right. You're screwing up for two hours. Right. Every single time you try it, you screw up, but that's how you learn. Right. You learn by screwing up. Right. Mike, So go out there and screw up, people. That's right. All right, man. So let's fast forward, right? Yep. You, you, you were blessed to find the mentorship, blessed to learn, hey, there's another way to make money. But then you met Saul and he said, hey, it's not just about making money, dude. It's about having- The money having work for you. The money work for you. And 16 properties. By the time you bought your own crib- for you and cami and you know
1: my first crib I got my I bought was hot right you've been right. okay I dope. yeah right? man. but yep. but I was I was willing to sacrifice living a home before I bought my first house because I wanted to stack that foundation I want that foundation to be deep and tough before I get out how hard was that for you Tough, to bro tough yeah okay it's tough. Because the thing is you got money and everybody around you out there flossing and flexing. They got this, they got that, you know? And and, and I, I remember people say, damn, man, you sell all the houses. Why are you still living a home, right? Did you spend all your money? I used to tell people, just wait. Just right. wait, right? And right. today, those same people, they stay in the same spot, bro. And I would have ran circle around them a thousand times. Right. Yeah.
0: That's crazy, man, because you must have made at least – Five million bucks before you actually moved out. Easy, bro. Uh, but that's but I need that money money to buy all those property when I was younger. So, so I'm gonna hallucinate then that buying the properties gave you
1: a buzz and you oh. didn't care, right? No. After, like, playing Monopoly, after a while, when you start collecting, you just get on this high, you know what I mean? No different than a drug dealer I was just on a high on actually always turning this stuff, right? So
0: help us understand this, because I don't even know that high yet. I'm just now, man, you've been pounding this into my head for 20 years. Right. And if it wasn't for Alana, right. I would probably still just be buying cars. Right. You well, know, and but because Alana, like, similar to Cam, she's like, babe, let's make our money grow.
1: Here, I tell you, here's the high, okay? Here's the high I want everybody to see. I bought my first rental in 2007 for $105,000, okay? Wow. No, no, not in
0: 2007. You bought your first rental what year?
1: In in, uh, 97. 97. 97, 97, 97, okay? okay? And I put 5% down, so that's $5,000, right? Okay. That house today has been rented by three people only, okay? Wow. And I want to put five grand down, Kev, Okay. Okay. And uh, the house is paid off. Okay, that house today is worth seven hundred thousand. Wow, it had, appreci- it had appreciated six hundred grand uh, off of five thousand dollar. Wow. So when you think about that high, that's like you know that's like that's like the highest level of high you can get. You know, legit, right? All right, so
0: so we're gonna go back to this question. I don't want to make sure I don't forget about this question of you know, but Thatch, I'm in California and yes. you know I can't buy anything. We're gonna get to that in a second. Yeah. Before we do, I'm just gonna pry, bro. I'm just gonna pry go and dig. it. We're gonna ball out. I want to talk money. This is the money. Let's equity. go. Let's go. Let's go. God damn it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, how many properties do you own? I own over over a hundred property. Okay, so you own over 100 properties. And so tell us about like what are, are all those properties just in Seattle? Now, are those 100 doors or are those 100 different addresses? 100 doors. Okay. It's a combination so you, of doors and addresses. Okay, so doors and addresses over 100. Yep. Right.
1: Um, all in Seattle.
0: All in Seattle. But I,
1: but I am working on building a 100 unit apartment building in downtown Oakland right now.
0: What is the damn? That's sick. Yeah. So, what is the total um,
1: passive income?
0: No, not the total passive income. First, let's look at the total value, not yeah. not what's paid off. First, yep. We'll, yep. I'm gonna ask you that next. But what's the total value of your real estate portfolio?
1: Um, if I actually figure out what all those properties are worth and what I, and what I have a mortgage on it, it's probably yep. over fifty million dollar.
0: Okay, so over fifty mil. How yep. much is in equity?
1: Probably no, no, no. That's how much equity I have in them. Over fifty million dollar. Over fifty mil in equity. In so equity if we sold everything. There's over fifty mil. And I got a hundred grand a month coming in every single month, even when I'm sleeping.
0: When did you hit the hundred thousand a month?
1: Because I feel uh, like that happened recently. just recently. Damn. Yeah, dude. That
0: is sick. And, dude. and what's
1: exciting? Again, watch this. You ready? And you can appreciate this one, okay? Just because yeah. you done you doing this right now with your business, right? What I'm excited about right now is hitting 500,000 a month right now. Right. Yeah. And then after that, then my goal to hit a million dollars a month. Wow. That's really cool, man. So, so we, you
0: have over 50 million equity, just chilling. Yep. There's over a hundred thousand a month coming in passively, yep. but let's, let's keep talking about it. What will you make in just real estate commissions? Cause you also sell about
1: 50 homes a year or so, yep. right? Last year. I made about uh, $500,000 in real estate commission and about $4.5 million in in profit from flipping houses, building houses, and equity that I end up building property. I never sold it. I left the equity in my rental.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Now, that's so, high.
1: Those are high. You see what I'm saying? That's what gets me high. The thing about it, when I build a property or I rehab a house and I keep it, I don't have to pay tax on it. And so when I'm when I'm flipping a house and I make 200 grand on a flip, if I don't sell it, I get to keep all 200 grand versus giving Uncle Sam half of that money.
0: And to to dissect it a little bit more, not including the equity that was what was made on oh, and left in a property. Even though it doesn't really matter whether you pulled it out or left it in. Yep. How much did you and you got 500,000 from commissions. Yep. How much did you get from flips and new how, let's just break it down right how much yep. did you get first from flips and then how much did you get from new development
1: right so i probably made about a million dollar in flip and about mm-hmm. a million bucks in development and then the rest of them was houses i bought as rehab houses and then i rehabbed them instead of selling them i just kept them kept it that's, that's right. a
0: beautiful thing man was yeah. last year the 500 the 5 million bucks you made last year was that the was that your your highest income yes. Yes. Wow.
1: And this that's year cool. is already even going to be better already this year. Man, that's really cool, dude. Yep. So,
0: tell us what do you think is some of the the, the misconceptions about money? This is the podcast I'm tell you, on nah, money, nah, dude. Nah.
1: I tell you right now. The number one the number one myth of money. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready, dude. It has to be hard to earn a lot of money. Okay. That's the biggest myth. Oh my God, I work my fucking ass off eight hours a day and I want to make 50 grand. How is it possible to make a million dollars, right, in the same year when I have a hard time doing it already with only 50 grand a year? Okay. And that's the myth that caught everybody for never making more than what their mind can conceive.
0: Well, what if I'm not in sales, Thatch, right? Like, Bro, I work at, I work at U, UPS. Yes. How am I, I going to get rich?
1: That's right. Everybody's job is just a vehicle to wealth. Okay. UPS is a job that you make money that you can actually have money to live, but also could be an opportunity where you can make money, but then you can also take that opportunity and go, hmm, where can I also see entrepreneurship out there in the world that I can actually make more money? Right. But here's the thing. If you want to make money more than the everyday people, you have to have that spirit. And if you do, then the entrepreneur kicks in beyond UPS.
0: That's powerful. So what you're saying is you have to get past this idea that you don't deserve it. That's right. Or, or, or it's hard. Right. Right? Right. Like you have to have the energy within you. That's right. Or else That's it's right. not happening.
1: That's always not happening because that's the first step. Because, of course, if you just work only at UPS, you're not going to make a million bucks. But if you're an entrepreneur working at UPS, eventually you make your hustle there, but then you go find other opportunities as an entrepreneur to level up your time, your energy, and your uh, uh, opportunity into the world. Mm, Everybody do that. But you got to have the wanting to make a million dollars a year.
0: Right. Yeah. And why do you think most people don't want it?
1: Because they think it's either uh, they don't deserve it. Um, Mm -hmm. They think having a lot of money is is, is stupid. That you don't need all that money. The money hungry people that need a lot of money, right? Really, that conversation is all about. At the end of the day, I'm not worthy. Right. And then the other thing is, it's got to be very hard. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. You got to work hard, but it doesn't have to come hard. That's a different. So. If, you're,
0: if you feel like you're not worthy, the reality is you got to do some work and dig it into your own personal story. Yeah, you got it. As far as it being hard and I don't get to be with my family, that's, give give the listeners, this is what really what I look up yeah. to. I know a lot of people who make a lot of money, right? Yeah. But they don't really have the other equities. Tell us yeah, about right. like what the rest of your life looks like that's from right. your schedule to your spirituality to your family to how much you get to travel.
1: That's right. So today, wealth to me, you guys, is beyond just the money. Wealth is family. Wealth is health. Wealth is being joyful. Wealth is having peace of mind. Wealth is freedom, option, and choice. And ultimately, wealth is all about balance. Because what's the purpose of having money if you ain't got a relationship with your kids and your wife and your, you know, and your family? That's not wealth. You just wealth financially. What's right. the purpose of having wealth if you're always uh, frustrated and angry? You go home and you're kicking the cat, kicking the dog, kicking the wife. That ain't wealth. That, there's no right. respect to that. And then what is wealth, man? When you Every time you lay down in a bed and you can't shut your mind off and your mind's going crazy and is actually just worrying and fearing all the time, then what's the purpose of having all that money? Right. That ain't wealth. You yeah. see what I mean? Right. And so to me, my schedule is – I wake up every morning at four or something, and I go to the gym. I would do CrossFit. I'm gonna do Friday from six to seven, around seven thirty. I usually meditate uh, for about half an hour to quiet my mind, listen, ponder, uh, you know, review my goals, yeah. affirmation. Yeah. And then I uh, drop my kid off at school, and I usually from nine to twelve. I spend time prospecting. I mm. still prospect, but I prospect for my own property, right. buying fixer upper, buying teardown property, uh, buying land. And then usually around uh, between one and four, I go see some appointment. I see some listings, some seller. I go look at some projects. And then around four thirty, five o'clock, when my kid get home from school, then you know we do some homework with them. And then we're getting ready for baseball around five o'clock. And that's Monday through Friday, every day like that.
0: Come on now. So let me ask you and be honest, because we know yep. agents just resist prospecting. That's right, right. And, and what here's the other thing I also love about your schedule is is uh, your whole structure. You don't have some 900 person team. No, you don't have this. <laughs> you don't, you don't even have like this crazy scientific CRM. You're, nope. not, doing, you're, you're not doing, uh, you know, pay-per-click marketing. Nope. You, nope. You
1: know I mean? nope. My team, story? my team is me, my wife, Cammy's sister is our assistant. And then Loren is my videographer. So on payroll, I only have an assistant and a videographer. Those are the only two people on payroll. That's it
0: man
1: and I have insane, that's it okay bro. that's it and I work and <laughs> my real estate office at home so I don't have to pay no office space oh you're killing me okay and and then all my like my general contractor that run my flip they they get paid on a 1031 I'm my, done. Builder, the, my builder oh, that my builder houses me the right whole company down today okay and so <laughs> I have no overhead and uh, and that's it you know what I mean that's 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 just how uh that's my that's my expenses and uh that's it And what percentage of the time can you be
0: found truly in lead gen mode 9 to 12? Yep. Right. Honestly, what percentage are you in lead gen prospecting mode on
1: that 9 to 12? I would say at least probably 70% of the time. Awesome. And the only time I don't do it because I got caught up doing something because, you know, a project, I got to review something, you know, I got to do something, you know what I mean? But I usually dedicate. Now, here's the thing too. Even if I don't do it exactly nine to 12, I only do 56%, but my whole day when I wake up, my antenna, my head goes up and I'm prospecting.
0: That's that's right. So do you still get caught up doing things you don't like to do?
1: Uh, Very little because today I'm out of the rat race. So I only work with sellers only. I don't Mm -hmm. work with buyers in my business. I refer them to my team member, right? And I have a buyer agent that don't work with me. They work with my brother, Vu. My brother, Vu, who in the office. But I only work with seller and only seller that are easy going, trustworthy, and take my advice. And if they don't, I refer them to somebody else.
0: Man, that's awesome,
1: dude. Okay. And then the rest of the time, I spend time prospecting for me to buy a deal, flip houses, build houses, build a apartment building. That's it. Yeah. So,
0: this 100 unit project that you're working on, tell us about that.
1: It's a, it's a 97 unit in downtown Oakland. It's a micro apartment geared towards affordable housing. It's the only, it's the second only project micro apartment that's in all of Northern California.
0: Wow. And you took me to something like this before in, in Seattle. Seattle.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So
0: real quick, I wanted to, because to, to, you, you said something about how you look for certain sellers. Yes. Tell us about the standards that you have when you you know, acquire transactions because for many of the people listening are going to be real estate agents. And it's so easy to get caught up with this overpriced psychopath that wants you to do the deal for 0%. How how did you develop those standards for yourself?
1: It's, it's, it's a, you know, again, it, remember we talked earlier about you have to go through frustration and the storm to find Mm -hmm. the, the clear sky. Right. If, at a certain point, you're going to get tired of a seller that is high maintenance, a seller that's demanding, a seller that's disrespectful, uh, or a buyer, you know what I mean? A seller, you do all the work and they ask you for a discount. If you get, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, then that's when you raise your standard. Okay. So okay. every year we raise our standard. So I got to the point, I kept raising my standard, raising my standard, even got to a point, Kev, I just raised my standard and I said, I only want to work with seller only. Now that's a high standard because most agents wouldn't even do that. Both of work with both. Yep. Right. So I say I only want to work with sellers only today. And today a seller is pretty much somebody that was referring to from one of my past customers or somebody already know me. Got it. That's the only seller I work with. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: right, that. So look, I get it, man. It was nineteen ninety seven, yep. and you were able to buy properties for hundred grand. Yes, that's, that's, I'm in Southern California. I could do that too, but nothing's a hundred grand.
1: Yes, so
0: what do you tell that person?
1: I tell them is again, it is a belief system. Okay. What I realized after investing so many years now, and I know California, I know Seattle, and the one thing I'm going to tell people is this. Until you become a seasonal investor like myself, do you don't understand what I'm gonna say right now? If you are a seasonal investor, like for example, today what I teach people care is this in order for you to make money in investing, and you don't even need credit and you don't even need money, if you know how to find the right deal, and if you know how to find the deal that make good profit. If you know how to find those things, you can actually make money with no credit and no money out of your pocket, even in Southern California when it's expensive. Yeah. But you got to know how to find the right deal and a deal that has good profit. If you know how to do that, you can make money in Southern California, period. That's before even flipping houses. Right. Okay. Okay. But the thing is, you got to actually do some research and you got to be willing to get your mindset wrapped around that. You know, if I was in Southern Cal and, you know, you and I talked about, I'll be down in Costa Mesa and I will go after property that I have house with big lots. Right. That has a big backyard. Okay. If I see a house with a big backyard and a house has tired, uh, 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 it looked tired, it had a tarp on it, it had tall grass, right? I know I can make money off that house.
0: So those houses, this is take, for example, who that, that need work. Right. And they say "Thatch, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to sell this house. Yes. Right. But you got in in touch with the person, but you know, there's a deal there where you, you, that's an opportunity for you. Yes. Does that go in a
1: lead file? And how often do you call them? Call them. First of all, if they say I'm never, never selling, you call Uh them every year. Okay. I might sell it in a year. You call them half of the time they tell you. Gotcha.
0: So even if they say I'm never selling, you still call that person once a year because there's an opportunity there.
1: Yes, yeah, because listen, someone else is prosper right behind you and they calling them, them like a month right after you call them. Got and it. they might say yes to that person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because the the deal that actually made, you know, we do two hundred and twenty-five sales a year at case. Yep. i do anywhere from 40 to 55 transactions a year Yep. but the deal that actually made me the most i finally listened to Thatch. <laughs> you've been talking to me about this for 20 years kev stop wearing just the real estate hat bro right. right put on the investor hat i'm like sure that uh, right. and if those houses don't look cool on my insta i'm gonna keep doing this other right thing. right thing keep it you know, real. bro I, I had four three plus million dollar homes last right. year that didn't move and that then finally it clicked you know what let me let me mess around with this and right. alana and i acquired a deal that we didn't put any money into that made me twice as much as my average commission
1: yes yes so
0: it works guys it but works. you know
1: you got well, hear the thing you gotta stop telling yourself it doesn't work in Southern Cal. It doesn't work yep. in in Beverly Hill. It doesn't work in Newport Beach. Somebody's doing it every day. Look, you know this, Camp Ryan is doing it every day.
0: He's doing it every day.
1: That's it. it. So you know they're working. He's working in the same neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So this is a whole other conversation that yes. I w- really want to encourage people to explore and, and go down this road with you. Yeah. How do people find out more? Because you're you're spending time now coaching people all over the that's country right. how to do this, that's right. and it's legit. It's not you know this sort of real estate guy's coaching program that's a total fraud. Right. Um, it's legit. How do people find out about your your coaching program that actually helps them invest?
1: All you got to do is just go to my Instagram at uh, Thatch and then when you go there, you ping me and hate hey, that's, I want to learn how to invest. I want to know how to find the right deal. I want to learn how to flip houses, assign houses, do the Burr model, right? And you do that, and then I will send you a link, right, to courses that we created for you guys.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. You, I talk to so many people who are like, hey, dude, you know, like, I'm not the best at getting back to people on my DMs. Right. Uh, but you are super, super active on your Insta. I talk to people all the time who say, man, I...
1: I hit up your mentor, and he hit me right back. Bro, so, I got it, right, and right now I'm getting like probably fifty to hundred DM a day, and I actually spent a little bit of time, probably you know a little here, a little there, and I reply back to every one of them. You know what I mean? And why are you so active on social media now? Because man, I want to actually inspire people to dream big. Chase after the golden dream and know that if I can do it, they can do it. And if you want to do it through the vehicle called real estate investing, everything that I share with you guys in the module or the uh, uh, product that I'm coaching you guys on, it's the same shit that I do for my own self. Yeah.
0: And why do you want to, why are you, where does that come from? Why do you want to do that for people?
1: Well, after my dad died from cancer, Kev, um, you know, it, it, it changed my perspective on, why am I? Why am I here on this planet? You know what is my calling? Why? Why real estate? Why? Why investing? Why work with affordable housing? Why homeless family? You know what I mean? Right. And it, and it all came in. You know, all, the, all the pieces, of the puzzle came together. And today, I, I realized my purpose here on this planet is to inspire and empower beings of people to reach for their goals and dreams and see that anything is possible by me living my own personal goals and dreams. Mm. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's what you experience through teaching people. That's it. And then social media, just a platform just to share, you know, what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And and, uh, and you should see the video I make. It ain't telling you what to do. It's, I'm just sharing what I'm doing.
0: Right. That's awesome, dude. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the, the time. I know you're the, today's your off day. is Saturday. You got the kids game. So, so to have this time for you to share, you're just constantly pouring in. And uh, inspiring my family, I'm gonna do my best to 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 follow the structure down here as much as I want to stunt like you do and uh, get that Ferrari. I got a couple income properties I gotta buy first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
1: leave. I'm gonna leave everybody with this with this thought. Okay. All right, we're ready. The thought is, if you don't find a way to make money when you're asleep, you're gonna work until you die. Mm. By the man himself, Warren Buffett.
0: It's powerful.
1: If you powerful. don't find a way, let me read it again. If you don't find a way to make money while you're asleep, you're going to work until you die.
0: <sighs> Bam! That's it, bro. Hey, dude. Well, keep leading. Keep inspiring. Thank you for being a part of the, the, the movement here at Project Mindset. And helping me define, really, this last trip that you were here, you really gave me a lot of clarity of, what my my ultimate purpose and vision is at Case Real Estate. And that is now flourishing through the DNA of our brand and and, yes. and and inspiring my crew over here at the Case team. So thank you, brother, for everything you do. I can't wait to share this with people. Woo! that's it guys project mindset episode number 42 in this seven equity series on money major shout out to my dude thatch i could not have thought of a better example to come on and and share how to how to not just get it Okay, how did I just get paper? But how do you make that paper grow? And even more importantly, how do you keep the rest of your life on point? My dude has truly been living this by example. It hasn't always been a walk in the park. But, you know, he's been a part of my family for over two decades, and I've watched him. I've watched him grow it. I've watched him do it. And now he's inspired to to, to really teach it. So thank you guys so much for listening. So this officially completes our seven equity series. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys go back and you re-listen to the other interviews. And most of all, uh, I hope you really see that life isn't about just one area. It's about having all these different equities on point. When I think about the people that we've even interviewed, it's not hard to see that they have each of these equities a- a- as a priority in their life. So make sure you keep them in mind, guys. Your mind your body, your soul, your family, your friends, that hustle, right? That thing you do to, to build and grow your career. And then money. We will be back soon. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break and thinking about where we'd like to go next, who we'd like to interview next. If there are people that you're thinking about that you would love to have on this show, shoot us a message. Most of all, I hope you're taking the time to write down what is important to you in these equities. That's when the magic happens, when you really take the time to clarify what you want your life to look like, and you read it, and you visualize it day in and day out. We will be back very soon. Stay in touch through our Insta, at Project Mindset 47, through my Insta, at Kevion, through my dude, at No Passion. We recording, KP? Let's get these shirts made and stay stay in touch as well on the website, projectmindset.co. Shout out my dude, Abstracts. Shout out everybody that's been working with us. Stay focused. Stay inspired. We'll talk to you soon.